welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise the Lord. So we're preaching uh, the Summer Fruit Series, and uh, we've been hearing some great stuff that we're leaving the best to last, because that passage from John 15, which is quoted there, Ruth will be preaching on next week, and then that will wrap that up that, up that series. Um, hey, just as we're starting on this, though, have you seen our new cross at the front of the building? Um, it's helping people to see this property, not just as some random nondescript building in the Burbs, but a, a church. And uh, we're actually, John Owen Keelan uh, uh, installed the cross uh, because they work for the uh, construction company that did their raise the roof, Mark and his crew. Um, and so well done, guys. And uh, it's there. In fo- and if, in fact, it's as of Tuesday, we had our electrician here setting up some lights. And so you can see how it looks at night. Can we see there it is lit up at night? Uh, and the other shot, hopefully, did you get the other one? Yeah, from the street, so it's quite noticeable. Um, and that's, uh, you know, on a time thing, so it shines till all hours of the evening um, for people to notice when they come past. So, so that's cool, isn't it? Um, because the cross is the universal symbol of the Christian faith. You know, it's, uh, it's a great advertisement, if you like, but more than that, it reminds us of that moment in history, the greatest moment in history when everything changed. When Jesus died on the cross through his death and only through his death can we be born again, forgiven for sin, restored into a relationship with our Creator and given eternal life. What an incredible gift. Totally free for us, as Hudson said so well over communion. Um, But sadly, for some Christian people, that's kind of the beginning and the end of it. They make the prayer, they make the commitment, they got the, cross, they got the, they got the, the ticket to heaven, they've come to the cross, but then they've just gone off on their own and, and just very little changes. But that's not God's will, because coming to the cross should be the beginning of an amazing adventure, you know, really exciting, really uh, wonderful, and of course, at times, difficult and challenging, and that's part of exciting, you know. Um, And so we are here on earth not just to have a nice life, a comfortable life. We're here to go on this adventure with God, to follow Jesus through the valleys and the mountaintops, through the mud and the majestic views, through the difficult times and also the good times, and to just keep following him, keep serving him. And hopefully at the end of our days, we will hear those great words, well done, good and faithful servant, rather than... Yeah, well, you're lucky you're here, aren't you? Because of my grace, in you come. Because that's a reality for some. So you don't want to live like that. I love these words. I came across this quote from C.S. Lewis, you know, the great Christian writer. He said this once, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. (laughs) If you want a religion to make you really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. And uh, I think that's, that's it. We, you know, we, let's go on an adventure. 
Yeah, let's pray and seek God, see where He leads you. Let's become more like Jesus. Let's live a fruitful life. And of course, part of living that fruitful life is having the Holy Spirit live in us, grow in us, affect us, produce His godly character qualities in us, which is called the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's what we're going to look at today in this theme of summer fruit. Galatians chapter 5 is this famous passage. And um, you may know the, the letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians. He was writing primarily to Jewish people living in Galatia, in this part of the Roman Empire at the time. And they'd been influenced or attacked by a lot of Judaizers, they, they, theologians call them, Jewish people who'd become Christians, sort of, they wanted to follow Jesus, but they couldn't let go of the past. And so they were demanding that anyone who followed Jesus kept following all the Old Testament rules and regulations. And Paul's saying, no, especially if you're a Gentile, you don't have to do all that. You've been set free. And so he says you've been set free from the law, from the Old Testament rules because of Jesus. But also he discusses what that freedom looks like. Does that mean you're free to do whatever you like? Well, in God, the best way of using freedom is to serve him. And so that's what he's unpacking uh, for these people and for us. So when we get to Galatians 5, uh, verse 13, uh, reading from the New Living Translation, it says this, You've been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. This is Galatians 5, verse 13, and we're reading through to verse 25. In NLT. Hopefully you'll get it up there on the screen. But if not, look in your own uh, Bible if you have one. Uh, you've been called to live in freedom, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Just stop there and notice that what he says about how to use our freedom, or rather how we shouldn't use our freedom. He says, don't use it as an excuse for selfish living, for your sinful nature. Because it's very easy to be very self-centred in life, to come to Christ, and then just bring that self-centredness into a Christian context. And so you've got people thinking and saying things like, well, I'm a king's kid, this is important, my personal freedoms are at stake, I want this, I want the blessing of God, uh, I'm not going to free, I, I'm not going to submit to uh, that law because I'm free from that, uh, no one can tell me what to do, I won't have my you know, personal liberties challenged, this is not freedom in the Christian context. That's, that's not what it's about. It's not just about you being set free from somebody telling you what to do. We're set free from sin, but we're set free so we can serve the Lord. And, uh, and so we can get on with a life for him, for his glory, not bound up by sin, not oppressed by the devil, set free from worldly views and ways, um, and free to have a life that's growing closer to Jesus, closer, closer uh, to become more like him. And, and that's what the rest of this passage talks about. So let's look at verse 16. He says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But 
when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. That's the Old Testament law, rules. Verse 19, wow, what a list. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Wow. You could get a list with a little box next to each one and I could give you a pen and you could tick them off and see, yes, no, fortunately, oh, but that one, yes. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And when I say tick the box, I'm hopefully talking about the past, not the present. Uh, And if it is the present, there's something you can do about it because look at the next bit. This is the good news. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a better list, isn't it? There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. What a passage. So it really encapsulates the tension that we have between the spirit and the flesh, between God's nature and a conscience that's touched by God, that's wanting to live for God, and the reality that there is this sinful nature in us. And every one of us has this battle. And and we're never completely free from it. But the Holy Spirit wants to and can grow in us and produce godly qualities that influence us better than the carnal, selfish way of living. And so we've just got to let the Holy Spirit lead us, grow in us. And as he does, he strengthens strengthens us against temptation, against the selfish desire and the tendency to sin. Or conversely, if you feed the flesh, if you follow the, you know, the sin, sinful nature, then you find yourself further from God, quenching the Holy Spirit, diminishing his influence on your life. But he's only ever one prayer away. And the road back to God is always paved with love, with grace, with forgiveness. And so it's never too late or you're never too far to come to Christ, to come to God. He's loving. He's got his arms open wide to us. So if you relate to some of the sin and you think, oh, wow, and the devil wants you to stay defeated and and doubtful of God's acceptance of you and, and, you know, kind of guilty and shameful, then that changes in an instant in God's presence. And that's awesome, isn't it? We just come to Christ and then there's the Holy Spirit coming to us, living in us, growing in us and producing this fruit, his character. And this is not an exhaustive list of the kind of godly character traits that he can produce in our lives. But let's notice a few things about this fruit. We don't have time today to go into all the details of each one of those character qualities. I'd like to just touch on one in a little while. But firstly, notice a few things. Fruit grows naturally. We know this, that if you get the right conditions for a tree, it's just going to produce the fruit without trying. You don't walk past the orchards listening and hearing fruit trees groaning and straining under the stress of trying to produce more oranges or whatever their job is. It just happens. And you don't have to grit your teeth and try. I've got to be more patient. 
I'm going to be kind. Here, here's someone. Hello. I'm really trying to be kind, working hard. And sometimes we try to do God's work for him. You don't need to do that because it says let the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let him grow your fruit. We've just got to allow him to grow in us and produce his fruit. And Byron, who has just been raptured, that's a bit scary for the rest of you, but um, he was here a second ago. I know he's attending to a child, one of his 12 children, um, for uh, he, he did a great job talking about the conditions that we create for the Holy Spirit to grow. And he's talking about weeding in his own garden. And of course, there's weeds that we've got to attend to in our world, letting the light in. So he's talking about encountering Jesus, uh, the, the word of God, waters, seed that gets sown into our life. We could go on talk about being planted in church, planted in God's house, allowing the father, master gardener to prune uh, us and so th- th- there's, there's all that but the, the main point is to know that the Holy Spirit is in you and he is producing this fruit which leads to the second thing to know and to do and that is you've got to pick the fruit so this is a position of faith believing God's word rather than just our emotions or our circumstances so rather than confessing oh I just can't find peace or, oh, I'm, I'm so impatient and that's just the way I am. Or I don't have enough joy in my life. All these sort of statements that we can find ourselves saying, you've got to realise, hang on, the Holy Spirit has this fruit available. He's in my life. He's producing this. Because it says, the Holy Spirit, verse 22, the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in our lives. It doesn't say just in some lives. Or if you're lucky, or when he feels like it, or just only for some seasons of your life. Or so. No, it just says it's, it's there. In other words, it's there to be picked. People are talking these days, intentional is a real buzzword, isn't it? You've got to be intentional about it. Well, it's true. You've got to be intentional about these qualities. Not just read that and go, oh, that'd be nice. I wish I had more of those qualities. No, no, you've got them. The Holy Spirit's in there. You've got the tree. You've got the, you've got the, fruit, the fruit there. You know, they've developed some trees that have got citrus trees that are producing different fruit and different branches and they're grafting in a you know this and that and that well that's like the holy spirit you need more patience oh well it's there take the fruit pluck the fruit because if you stand near a fruit tree you don't get to taste the fruit just because you're near it you know you've got to actually reach out taste it grab it take it taste it which reminds me of my illustrious career as a peach picker and I may not have shared this, but when I finished school, a mate and I, he was from Canberra, I was in Sydney, but his uncle, uh, Uncle Uncle John, Uncle John and Joan Pennycook, uh, who some of you would know, had a property at Terrigal in a caravan, and uh, we had this great idea that we'd come up to the Central Coast and go fruit picking and make lots of money, and it would be really exciting. We made very little money, and it was not at all exciting. But we did it. We did. We we hacked it out for about a week. So we came up, stayed in the caravan, and uh, went up for the interview, job interview at Colnura. The job interview consisted of someone just looking up and down, seeing you had a couple of feet and a couple of hands, and you got the job. And away we go. And uh, it was so boring. Oh, I just couldn't believe it. I it was I was fascinated how boring it was. Um, and the only respite was eating the peaches. Uh, which was okay because someone had said, oh, look, the owners don't mind. You, you know, have a peach or two. Well, 
I ate so many peaches in that week. I don't think I ate a peach for like five years afterwards. I couldn't stand peaches. And the peaches were nice and tasty. They left a tingling sensation around our lips, which we commented on but didn't think too much about. We said, there you go, you're out of the mouth. Yeah, anyway, peaches are nice. And, uh, and then a few days after this, uh, someone in the peach picking world, I wish I had time to tell you about Moff and Larry. Anyway, another time, these two characters that... We still talk about today. We wonder whatever came of them. But anyway, uh, maybe another day. Um, so uh, someone said, oh, make sure you don't eat the peaches. And we're like, hang on a minute. We've been eating the peaches. What's the problem? They said, yeah, they got insecticide on them. And, uh, and you'll know that it's insecticide because you get this tingling sensation around your lips. We're like, and? And they go, yeah, well, it makes people, makes men sterile. <laughs> we're like, 18 with the rest of our life in front of us, <laughs> thinking I'd like to have a family. And we just looked at each other and went, this is not good news, you know. <laughs> so kids, it's probably an appropriate time. I've got three quarters of my children here to tell you that you're adopted uh, and that, um, as, you know, I wasn't really involved. Um, anyway, look, I've got to move on. The point is, the fruit is there. By the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, the fruit's there. You've just got to by faith, take it in those times. When you feel stressed, you feel this, you feel that, it's just don't leave it at that. Pick the fruit, claim it by faith, confess it. So things are stressful, then you know you pray and proclaim, I'm at peace in Jesus' name. I have divine peace within me because the Holy Spirit is producing peace, his peace in my spirit. That's not just self-talk. That's not just positive mental attitude stuff. That's reality. That's the Word of God. That's the promises of God. You know, so that's a, that's a spiritual reality that's waiting for you to appropriate and claim by faith. The peace of Christ rules in your heart, the Bible said. And so we've got to claim those, and, and that's just for peace. So, you know, all these character traits, traits are available and possible. Third thing to notice about the fruit of the Spirit is it makes your life better. It's better for you when you've got love in your heart, for example, because when people do you wrong, when not if, ah, you're able to forgive them and not get bitter and twisted and think about it. And how many people have you met? Years, years, sometimes decades after the event, after the hurt. And yes, it was valid. They really shouldn't have done it. But for such a long time afterwards, it still got the better of them. It's still kind of almost ruining their life. And yet with the love of God in your heart, you could let that person go. Forgive them, and maybe you've got to forgive them a million times. <sighs> but every time, God will give you the grace to just deal with that situation, that stress, and be set free. And so life is sweeter with his fruit in our life. We want to attend to this rather than just read it and then keep reading, God, oh, that'd be nice. And just, no, I need this. You need this. This is better. This is, life is better. Yeah. Well, the fourth thing to note is that the fruit of the Spirit is not only nice for you, but it makes life sweeter for others. Because you've got sweet fruit, hopefully, growing in your life. Because whenever someone meets you, in a sense, they're tasting your fruit, tasting your spirit. You know, when you talk to someone, it's almost like you're one of those creatures that is it butterflies, taste with their feelers or something. You know, it's almost like you're reaching out. Come on, help me out here. Don't butterflies have taste at the end of their... Oh, there's some insect expert will tell you over coffee afterwards, right? Uh, and, uh, and so you, you interact with someone and you're both kind of, you know, 
tasting what's in that person's spirit. And if you're carrying bitterness, of course, oh yeah, yeah, people will taste that, and no wonder they that conversation got. Where are they gone? <laughs> you know, they've and some people are sour oh, about this. Some people have. It's like they've been going on and on about something for so long. It's like rotten fruit, you know. But you have in the spirit fresh fruit. Tasty fruit, sweet fruit, if we cultivate that, that's what people engage and act with and, and, and connect with and taste. And, and so that's, that's better for them. It's like you go to a great restaurant. We went to a great restaurant the other night. We left and said, when are we coming again? This is great. Who can we bring here? You know? And that's the sort of conversation and, and confession that you want people to have when they leave talking to you. Oh, that was so good. I'm so glad we hung out with that couple. When can we see them again? Not like, oh, well, that was tough. Flip. They wouldn't stop going on about that. Or he's so embittered about this. And they got a bad taste in their mouth. No, let's leave people with a, a sweet taste in their mouth. Yeah? And we've been talking about this since the end of last year, about light in the world, light in the darkness. Being, and I did a radio thing with Craig for the REMA program should be on in a couple of Fridays, I think, uh, and talking about just the, the need in this season, in this time of the world, not just because of COVID, but so many other things that have gone on. It's, it's so important for Christians to be shining and sharing light and hope because there's so much darkness and despair and negativity and we have an incredible message of hope for the world. And so we want to share that and that's you letting people taste the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah? Well, of course, the fifth thing to note is that this fruit in your life isn't just a blessing to you or to others, but to God. It glorifies God. You're ministering for God when you've got just character qualities. You know, we, and I mentioned this last week, I think it's the little things in life. We, we, we tend to think of huge accomplishments, great big achievements, the noticeable successes. Most lives are made up of just little interactions with people. Maybe you'll never be famous. Maybe you'll never be, you know, this or that. And we hear and see some people that have got these really well-known lives and sometimes they're not that great. Uh, but along the way, people are interacting and it's their character qualities making a difference. Sowing seeds, you know, and that's the essence of life is relationships, not how much money you make, how famous you are, all the great big achievements and accomplishments. It's just all those little interactions. And so character, touching others, that's ministry for God. That's a blessing. That's what God is wanting to see. People touched with your sharing your faith, shining your light, reflecting Jesus to other people, letting the fruit of the Spirit, uh, you know, influence their life. Because, you know, fruit is made up as got seeds, isn't it? And it's reproducible. So the seeds go out and they get planted and then they, they produce that, that fruit. And we are sowing seeds of those godly attitudes and character trait, traits into other people's lives. So when people hang out with you, oh, they pick up on, well, that's a good positive way of looking at it. Oh, that person seems to be full of hope. I didn't realise I was really depressed about this or I thought, you know, I've been reading what the media says about that, but did you hear what this Christian person said? Well, that's a nice take on it, isn't it? You know, maybe, well, the doctors say this, but, you know, when I was hanging out with Matt, he said that, you know, Jesus could heal me. Hadn't thought about that and he gave me some scriptures to consider. Wow, look at that. You know, and so this is ministry for the Lord. You know, when Jesus was in the boat, I love that story about the storm. And it says Jesus was asleep in the boat in the middle of the storm. 
I think, okay, any number of things here. He's either had a crazy couple of days and he's so exhausted he'll sleep through anything. He's pretending and they're just writing what they observe, you know. Or maybe he's just carrying the peace of God so much that it doesn't matter what's going on, he's having nap time. You know, and I think it, that's the way it is. He's like, regardless of circumstances, I don't care we're in a storm, I don't care what's going on, I'm just, I'm having a kip. And he's like, and they're like, ah, oh, the storm's going on, Jesus, where's it? And he's just having a sleep. He didn't snore, he's perfect, didn't snore, just quiet, sleeping. Um, but he didn't leave it at that, did he? It didn't say, you know, and they got shipwrecked and they dragged Jesus still sleeping to the shore and finally woke him up and they <gasps> survived. You know. What happened? He woke up and he used his peace. He ministered his peace. He didn't just keep it for himself. He proclaimed his peace over the storm. And so that's him sharing the seed of, of his fruit, his character trait, his quality of peace that he's carrying. He's not like, oh, you guys are stressed out. I'm just having a sleep, <laughs> sucked in. You know, he's like, no, no, I've got peace to minister. I'm bringing peace to you. And again, whatever quality it is, whether it's the joy of the Lord and peace and patience and kindness and all that, we're salt and light, shining and sharing what we've got in us to the world to make a difference, yeah? And so, uh, you know, that's why we, we should, you know, be looking at, oh, not controlling conversations, but maybe sometimes steering conversations towards a more edifying subject, you know, or helping people, like I said, uh, see what the promises of God say when they're talking about their illness and offering to pray for them. Or, uh, you know, releasing God's blessing into a situation rather than just saying, oh, yeah, terrible, Ooh, I know. Yeah. You, know it's you know, people say, oh, have you heard this? This is really terrible. People go, oh, not only that, but my brother-in-law's friend, the da, 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 da. that's why John, hi, John, John's online, he had a motorbike crash, and I said to Ruth, Ruth said, oh, right, we better tell the church. I said, well, just say it's a motor vehicle accident. She goes, everyone knows you guys ride motorbikes. They're going to know it's a motorbike. I was like, yeah, but if you say you had a motorbike crash, people go, oh, well, I knew someone who died on a motorbike. And they, I, in fact, I heard that somebody had a terrible... So you don't want to hear that, you know? You know, Phil Pringle had that. Same thing. Pastor Phil Pringle got his licence, had a... Got his motorbike licence, had a crash, hurt his knee... Oh, and he's got, you know, 5,000 people or whatever in his church at the time going on and on and on about, don't ride motorbikes. And um, he had to dig deep in his grace not to smack him at the time. So I'm told, sorry. Uh, but um, so, so, you know, don't be the, the piling on with all the negativity. That's what I'm saying, yeah? Minister the fruit. Now, we're going to do a deep dive into every nine of these character traits and we'll be here for hours, okay? So hold on. no. It's okay, we're not. We're going to look at one, and I'm going to give you seven verses that relate to joy. And I, and I want you to jot them down, um, and they provide the... This is how you can provide the right conditions for the Holy Spirit to produce this fruit in your life. That's all we've got to do, provide the conditions and allow Him. But there are some things we can attend to and appreciate that it's all in God's Word, it's all in God. Rather than just hoping and wondering and thinking, well, that would be nice. How can I? Well, this is how to. Number one, Psalm 4 verse 7. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. So there's King David. And he, he had himself experienced plenty of abundant harvests, you know, material wealth, great successes. 
you know, achievements, happy times, but of course he realised the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness comes from circumstances and chance. Joy comes from Christ and choice. You know, joy is happiness without the happening, if you like. It's just there in God. And, and, and David had learnt this ability to maintain a positive, joyful outlook regardless of the situations that he found himself in because you read his story and there are lots of ups and downs. Leads to the next one, also recorded by David, Psalm 16:11. What an incredible promise this is. You've made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Where? In the presence of God. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So again, the presence of God, absolute, complete joy. That's a promise from God's word. That's true. So if you've never experienced that, well, it's just waiting for you to learn how to press into God's presence. One great way is to be praying in the spirit, to pray in tongues. That quickly gets you into God's presence. And you're not maybe thinking so much about all the issues and the worries. You're just connecting your spirit to God's spirit. Another way is to go to God's word, which leads to the next one, number three, Psalm 19, verse 8. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. And it goes on, the commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Notice it brings joy into your heart when you read the word of God. Because it gives you God's perspective on life, on that situation, that trouble. That, and you read the word and it's like, oh, wow, look, God's got it all in control. And it, and it lifts your spirit. Number four, Psalm 20 verse 5. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our Lord. So there's joy in hearing about fellow believers winning in life. You're not competing. You're not comparing. It's a win for the family. And, and I mean that in a Godfather way, not Godfather way. You know, God is our heavenly father, not the family. You know, as if like, so you know what I'm saying? So, so you see your brother and sister doing well and, it, hey, it's a family. You know, you're excited. Um, it's, it's, it's great. And so that, that lifts your spirit. Number five, Psalm 28, verse seven. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Wow. And so when God helps you, in other words, answered prayer and an appreciation that God is with you brings joy, helping you through life. He's there. Number six, Psalm 51 verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Make me willing to obey you. So joy is a direct result of appreciating what Christ has done, salvation. You know, there's, and, and there's the commensurate willingness then to follow him, to serve him, to live a life of devotion and faith and obedience. But just to be appreciative and reflective, oh, wow, I've been saved. That brings us joy. And finally, look at Psalm 92, verse 4. Uh, you thrill me, Lord, when all you, with all you have done for me, I sing for joy because of what you have done. And so this is God's hand, God's work in creation, in our lives, in the lives of others. Again, when you reflect and you look at what God has done, what he is doing, what he promises to do, then that can lift your heart and you can go, wow, I don't care what's going on at work. That, I don't, I don't, who cares about interest rates? I, I'm, I'm just, 
I'm full of joy. I'm full of the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. This is coming from my relationship with Him, my understanding of what He's saying through His Word. And so when you search the Scriptures, you'll find similar promises and passages that that relate to all those other character traits, all that other fruit of the Spirit, and how you can then create the right conditions in your heart for Him to grow and produce them in your life. Amen? And so let's do what the Holy Spirit calls us to. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Let's allow Him to lead us, allow Him to grow in us, yeah, and produce His fruit in us. Come on, let's pray. Wonderful. Father, we thank You. Again, at this time of year, we want to set things straight in You. We want to, we want to live a fruitful life. We want to have a great year, 2023. What a great year it's going to be. Because we're going to let the Holy Spirit grow in us. We're going to spend time in your presence. We're going to read your word. We're going to surrender and take a moment to just walk with you and submit to you and say, Lord, take over. Lord, you just help me. Lord, just lead me. Lord, grow your fruit in me. And Lord, I take that fruit by faith. Whatever that situation that we're facing, there'll be an answer. There'll be a promise. There'll be a fruit kind of character quality that you can lean into, grow into and pluck and eat and taste and say, thank you, Lord, you're helping me to be patient in this situation. Thank you for love that I don't have enough of for that person. Thank you, Lord God, I'm, I'm sensing your peace, even though things are all a bit crazy at the moment. Thank you, Lord God, that help us to apply all these truths to our lives. You touch on every life here today. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.